Hi, my name is Anja Karwowska and I'm the host of this amazing podcast, Get Unstuck with Your English. If you are a neurodivergent person, struggling with learning the language, tend to procrastinate too much, or maybe you have so many goals you get lost right over bed, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you have come to the right place, my friend. I'll teach you how to apply cognitive science and evidence-based methods to your learning. I will walk you through the learning plateau. If you're scared to talk, the vocabulary evaporates your mind. You have been studying for ages, following shiny objects, binge-watching Netflix, hoping that the knowledge will cross your head first Moses. If so, I'm here to help you. I'll show you how to study and tackle the language, and most importantly, how to make it stick. I'm inviting you on the journey with me. Let's add a science sprinkle to your learning. Hi, it's me, Anja Karwowska, and I'm talking to you from Canadian-American border. So today I'll be talking about resources in the ESL classroom and to be precise, I'll be talking about resources for dyslexic ESL students. Dyslexia is not an invention or a concept. There has been a lot of research in the neurodiversity field. Unfortunately, dyslexia is not included a lot in the context of teaching English as a second language. Teachers often struggle and fall into the trap of modifications and accommodations, something that has been advocated in the ELT field. Accommodations are essential, but most importantly, students must be taught using structured literacy approach. It is sequential and cumulative. So with structured literacy, new concepts are introduced in logical order. They are taught in an explicit way that fully explains all the concepts and skills. Teachers continually check in for students' understanding. There are several concepts such as phonology, which is the study of sounds in spoken words, sound symbol correspondence, we call it grapheme phoneme, orthography, so we map sounds, phonemes, to letters, graphemes, Syllables, knowing different types of syllables and how to divide them. Morphology, which is the study of base words with affixation, prefixation. Syntax, so understanding of the grammatical order. And semantics. This is the structured literacy. I have heard and or I've been told that structured literacy belongs only in the L1 classroom, which is not true. English is a highly intricate language. It has several layers. Structured literacy belongs in the ESL classroom. English language is an intricate language and we all know that it's not very easy to learn, especially at the very beginning. Students need to know the pronunciation patterns and the spelling patterns so that they are not only skilled readers, but they are skilled writers, writers and skilled spellers. I will add Professor Selina Aries' paper on orthographical mapping in which she describes why spelling is the gateway to skilled reading and to skilled writing. So structured literacy is the fundamental piece of the ESL classroom. The second thing I would like to talk about is structured word inquiry. Again, I have recorded a separate episode on that, but I will repeat. English language is a complex one. I know I said it, right? So we have the phonological layer, the morphological layer and the etymological layer, right? So for the students, especially for dyslexic students, to understand the complexity of the language, they need to know where things come from. When you study word patterns, when you study bases, prefixes, affixes, when the students understand that a certain prefix or a suffix carries a meaning, it makes such a change and it's so empowering. And as I have said, especially in high-stake exams, if students preparing for IELTS or TOEFL, maybe Cambridge proficiency, and you have the reading section structured with inquiry, really be beneficial to them and will save them time. And we know that, especially during the exams, 
time is of an essence. So that's resource number two. We have structured web inquiry and we have a structured literacy approach. Now resource number three, multisensory grammar. I know that some of you or many of you who are familiar with Montessori method know multisensory grammar. We know that grammar is important. Grammar helps us become better writers. If we know the part of speech, if we know the job they do, it is so much easier to structure a nice sentence or a nice paragraph. Multisensory grammar focuses on creating a sentence. We start with the basic sentence before we go to complex sentences, compound sentences. So this is the resource number three, multisensory grammar. By the way, I have an ebook on multisensory grammar that I will also add it in the episode description. Resource number four, Hochmann method, so known as writing revolution. Writing belongs not only in English classroom where students write essays, they write paragraphs, they write letters and emails, but in other subjects as well. You have history, you have geography, just to start with some. So Hoffman method again focuses on a sentence and I cannot state it enough how writing a nice sentence predicts your ability to write a nice essay. So focusing on the sentence, crafting it, thinking about its role, why we're writing it, what do we want to convey, thinking about the topic sentence, this is crucial. So this is resource number three, Hochmann method or writing revolution. I will also add the book in the episode's description. Another very useful resource, and that one I think is used quite a lot actually, which is great, and it's the graphic organizer. Dyslexic students have problems with organizing themselves, not only on a page, but like on a desk. So let's think of that hamburger paragraph. I think that all teachers are familiar with hamburger paragraph. So it shows us that we have the beginning, we have the middle, we have the body, and we have the end. Graphic organizers are not only used when we talk about writing a paragraph, graphic organizers can be used in a class. For example, students want to know what happens next. I mean, dyslexic students, they have such a cognitive overload that letting them know or having that protection what happens in a class, it's really useful. Even in the workbook or in a notebook so that they know that they progress from A to B and then to C, that's very useful. Another thing, and it's not actually a method, it has been proven by science. There are lots of research papers and I will also attach the study in the episode description. We are teachers and I know you want to make classroom like home. Please strap your classroom of unnecessary posters. You want your students to feel good, to be happy, to be colorful, right? I'm guilty of that as well. I have created classrooms that were like a colorful eyesore because I want my students to be happy. I wanted to have everything. So less is better. So I don't know if you are familiar with Marie Kondo. Maybe you're not, but if you are, I would use the Marie Kondo's approach to your classroom. Just less. Less is better, really. And your students will not get distracted. Not only ADHD students, but also dyslexic students. They have problems with focus and they struggle with working memory. Therefore, I would really suggest strapping the classroom of the posters. And that takes me to my last point. Dyslexic ESL students struggle with working memory. What you can do, and that actually helps the sequentialism of the language, you can try stories and putting them in order. I'm sure you're already doing it, but having sequences, having students deduct what comes after A or B or C, even if you're introducing present simple or past simple, that really helps. 
and summing up these are just some tools there's so much more actually this is just bits and pieces the most important fundamental tools you could use in your classroom if you're working with dyslexic ESL students and I would love to teach you all of this and I have come up with my signature course which is dyslexia in the ESL classroom and that course stemmed from the fact that I have been working with dyslexic ESL students. I'm a parent of a dyslexic bilingual child and on the top of it I've worked with immigrants, refugees, people who are illiterate and I wanted to bridge ESL teaching and dyslexia. So I have done a lot of work and I wanted to share all I know with you. And in January 2023 I will be running a free free day challenge on my Facebook group Polka Languages. I will also add it in my episode description and it will lead to my paid offer as you know no secrets so I'm being honest and straight from the bat so it will lead to my paid 10-week course in which I will teach you how to work with dyslexic ESL students, how to create a decodable reader, how to adapt materials, how to create your own materials, how to teach grammar, writing, spelling and so much more. I will add lots of perks and recorded webinars and my ebook so if you want to you can hop on my waiting list and that you will not only get a 10% discount but more freebies and hope to talk to you soon in my next episode I will be talking about learning disabilities and mental health and bye for now and have a wonderful day stay healthy and stay safe